You're listening to the Conscious Pharmacist Podcast, a show for pharmacist healthcare providers who have answered the call to practicing on purpose. Now, here's your host, internationally recognized HIV pharmacist, author, speaker, patient advocate, and president of MishRx Pharmacist Consulting Services, and your conscious pharmacist, Michelle Sherman. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is Michelle Sherman, president of MishRx Pharmacist Consulting Services and the host of the Conscious Pharmacist Podcast. Welcome to the first episode of season two of the Conscious Pharmacist Podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the updated PrEP guidelines. Back in December, shortly after World AIDS Day, the government released the new National HIV and AIDS Strategy, which is a vision for the United States for ending the HIV epidemic and for the years 2022 to 2025. The vision of of this um, initiative is really pretty amazing. I'm going to read it to you. The United States will be a place where new HIV infections are prevented. Every person knows their status, and every person with HIV has high-quality care and treatment that is free from stigma and discrimination and can achieve their full potential for health and well-being across the lifespan. This vision includes all people regardless of age, sex, gender identity, sexual orientation, race, ethnicity, religion, disability, geographic location, or socioeconomic circumstance. This is an amazing vision. And is it a vision that we can achieve and get to? And we have enormous steps to take to make this happen in the next three years. What does this strategy tell us? It looks at it has all these initiatives for testing, treatment, and you cannot eliminate HIV if you don't have a good prevention strategy um, on the horizon as well. So not only do we need to test people, those that are positive, get them in treatment because we know U equals U, undetectable is untransmittable and people can't transmit the virus if they're undetectable for beyond six months. We've got to have good prevention strategies in place. So the previous set of um, PrEP and HIV prevention guidelines um, was in 2017. And we've evolved enormously since then. the previous um, guidance, you know, from the 2017 gui- guidance was like, who is PrEP adequate for? You know, it was MSM, so any male sex partner in the past six months, not in a monogamous relationship with, with recently tested HIV negative men, and any one of these other criteria, anal sex without a condom in the past six months, any bacterial STIs such as syphilis, gonorrhea, or chlamydia in the past six months. Those, were can, those individuals are candidates for PrEP. For heterosexual women and men, you know, sex with um, an opposite sex partner in the previous six months, not in a monogamous relationship with recently tested HIV negative partner, and any one of the following criteria. is a, The partner is a bisexual male, infrequent condom use, 
when one of the partners has an unknown HIV or substantial risk for HIV acquisition in the ongoing relationship with an HIV-positive partner, and any bacterial SDIs such as syphilis, gonorrhea, um, and chlamydia in both males and females in the past six months. And then the third category for, for PrEP use was injection drug users. Any injection of drugs not prescribed by a clinician in the past six months in any of these following criteria, such as sharing of injection drug preparation equipment in the past six months and risk of sexual acquisition. So these were the, the guidance of who PrEP is indicated for in the 2017 guidelines. As you all know, I work with Radiant Health Centers as an advanced practice pharmacist and I see patients for PrEP in the clinic all the time. And one of the things that has always struck me is when people are interested in taking care of their own health care and they actually come into clinics seeking HIV and STI testing, those individuals to me have always been extraordinarily good candidates for the PrEP discussion and to see if they wanna go on PrEP. And one of the things that I was really pleased to see in the new guide, the guidelines that just came out in, in December, the 2021 update, is that now who are the candidates, who's a candidate for um, PrEP and all sexually active adults and adolescent patients should receive information about PrEP for both men and women, PrEP with daily um, Truvada is recommended for HIV prevention for sexually active adults and adolescents weighing at least 35 kilograms. So, you know, for both men and women with PrEP daily, FTDF is recommended for HIV prevention. Um, for men only, men and transgender women, um, FTAF or Descovy is recommended. For transgender women, FTAF is recommended as well. And um, I thought this was a great um, change in the guidelines, along with the beliefs and what, what I've been seeing, that people who are actively seeking HIV testing and um, sexual health and STI testing on a regular basis should be offered the opportunity to go on PrEP. And when you have individuals in front of you talking about these issues, we can increase the uptake of PrEP in the United States, which I think... Is, is really important. Um, you know, out of 1.2 million people that are really good candidates for PrEP, we haven't done that great of a job in actually getting people on PrEP. You know, um, you know, in 2021, we have eh, around about 220,000 people on PrEP out of 1.2 million people that um, actually would do well on PrEP. And these were data from 2018, but we still don't have enough people who really would be good candidates for PrEP, getting on PrEP, having that conversation, not only in clinics, but as we know in California under SB 159, a topic I've talked about multiple times in previous podcast episodes, pharmacists are allowed to provide um, PrEP for up to 60 days to individuals who want to get started on PrEP. Other states such as Colorado and now Nevada have implemented the, the same pharmacist providing PrEP type programs and we need to get people, you know, on, on, on PrEP. I think it's really, really, really important. Um, one of the, the other things is obviously to exclude acute HIV infection and, you know, for clinicians providing PrEP, we have very robust um, 
criteria, policies, and procedures for for provision of PrEP to be able to, um, you know, ensure that people aren't HIV positive when they get on on PrEP. So definitely, you know, sexually, PrEP is indicated for all sexually active adults and adolescents, full stop. Unlike the criteria I explained before from the 2017 guidelines, you know, follow-up care is really important. People taking the tablets, whether it's FTDF or FTAF, follow visits every three months, um, doing doing the the testing, HIV testing to make sure people don't seroconvert. And I have included a link to the new guidelines in the show notes and in the resources. So please feel free to download them, read them, go through them because you know they're very very informative and there are changes. Um, one of the great additions to the um, the guidelines, in addition to the addition of FTAF and who that's um, indicated for, the um, CDC also implemented guidance um, for cabotegravir, the long-acting injectable PrEP, where people can get a long-acting injection of PrEP every two months. And it was a preemptive insertion into the guidelines because there was anticipation that somewhere around about January 24th, Leave Healthcare was going to get approval for PrEP use for cabotegravir long-acting injection. Lo and behold, a few weeks ago, in the middle of December, Vive was granted um, FDA approval for their long-acting cabotegravir injection for PrEP called Apritude. So it is approved. Um, as of the recording of this episode, I have not been able to get the nuts and bolts and the nitty-gritty. I like to see the big picture of the drugs approved. Now, how do I get this to my patients? Um, at Radiant Health Centers, we've already had lots of our patients asking about the cavotegravir, when they could get it, how they can get it. And at this time, I know it's approved by the FDA. It's unavailable from wholesalers. We don't know what the delivery rate or the, the, the implementation process is going to be. Is it going to be a limited distribution drug, just like the cabinuva, the ropivirine and cabotegravir injection? We don't know all those. Um, Minor details, which are really, really important. Not only minor details that are really important, but what's insurance coverage going to be like? And that's the biggest thing and the biggest issue that I have with being able to get this drug to my patients. Um, I see it on Twitter all the time. My colleagues who are in HIV and prep care, the nightmare that we have, like literally on a daily basis, trying to do prior authorizations on insurance companies like Optimarx or Cigna for our patients to get. Descovi. So we're still struggling to get Descovi covered for PrEP on insurance. My question is, what is going to happen when we try to get these insurance companies to cover Apritude, the Cabrotegravir um, injection for our patients? Um, call me pessimistic, but I think it's not going to be an easy cakewalk. And here in California, the Department of Managed Healthcare, um, the USPTF um, prevention guidelines, everything clearly states that PrEP has to be a covered service, not only for the drugs, but also for the testing and the medical visits and everything by insurance companies, and that the insurance companies have to cover all PrEP that's available unless there's a therapeutic equivalent. And for some reason, all these PBMs seem to think 
that Descovy is therapeutically equivalent to Truvada, which is absolutely incorrect. So that's the challenge with this with this injectable. So, you know, there'll be more to come in, in future episodes as this unfolds, but we haven't been able to get a lot of information from Vive. It was the holidays and nobody is able to answer any questions. And I don't think the Vive prep team has even been you know, brought up to speed on, on all this. So that's where we are with that. So why is this a great thing? So first of all, a lot of patients want it. If they can get an injection every two months instead of having to remember to take a pill every day. Um, again, it's also um, approved and indicated for sexually active adults. Um, it's a six, the dose is 600 milligrams of cabotegravir administered in an intramuscular injection in the gluteal um, muscle. The, the patient comes for an initial dose. The second dose is four weeks after the first dose. So it's at a one month follow-up visit. And then every eight weeks, the patient has to come back to the clinic for follow-ups to get the injection and routine testing. There will be the ability for the first month of treatment if the patient didn't want to get the injection to get the vocabria, the, the cabotegravir tablets for 30 days to see if they tolerate it and then move forward from the second month with the, with the injectable. So at the first follow-up visit after the first injection, we do an HIV test. At the second follow-up visits every two months, so beginning with the third injection, we need an HIV test. And um, one of the great things with the cabotegravir administration is we don't have to do the renal function tests like we have to do with um, FTDF and FTAF. Um, at the follow-up visits every six months, um, you know, the patient will get STI screening also, you know, at the four-month mark. Um, and then every 12 months, you know, you, you have a conversation about the desire to continue PrEP. So more um, frequent visits to the clinic every two months instead of every three months for the HIV testing, but also you don't have to do the, the renal screening like you have to do for the, for the other PrEPs. So really will be, you know, a great step ahead. Um, so we're really looking forward to the use of vocabria and I'd like to hear from all of you at the challenges you have in trying to get it covered. Is it going to be covered under the medical benefit? Is it going to be covered under the prescription benefit? Let's see how these insurance companies and PBMs step up in 2022 to have everybody have access to the PrEP that they want. Um, another um, great new thing in the guidelines is providing PrEP by telehealth. Um, so this is, you know, with, with COVID over the last couple of years and everything, telehealth has really taken off. And so many of our patients have been getting, you know, their visits via telehealth. So there's a whole section in um, the guidelines on page 40 about providing PrEP um, via telehealth. Um, information about resistance and, you know, things like that. Um, giving patients a lipid profile if they're on Descovy or FTAF, because we know when they're on the tenofovir alafenamide, you can get increases in cholesterol levels. T TDF, the tenofovir disaproxyl, is more cholesterol protective and shown decreases in, in cholesterol. So, you know, that, that's a good thing. And another thing that's now been introduced into the guidelines, which was something that was off-label use 
and, and wasn't um, in the previous guidelines is, um, you know, on-demand prep, which is also something that's approved um, for men who have sex with men, on-demand prep, and um, it is for the use of um, FTDF and not FTAFs. So I've, I've had some patients um, wanting this before and had a few patients do this regimen. It, it's a very rigid regimen. So for a lot of our patients who don't know when their next sexual encounter is, I wouldn't recommend it because of the way you have to do the dosing. The, the non-daily oral prep or you know on-demand prep is the patient, first of all, it's FTDF, so the Truvada, not the Descovy version. And the patient takes two pills in the two to 24 hours before sex. The closer to the 24 hours is preferred. One pill 24 hours after the encounter or the initial two pill dose, and then one pill 48 hours after the initial two pill dose. So they take two, two pills in the Two twenty-four hours before, so it's one pill twenty-four hours after the initial two pill dose, and one pill forty-eight hours after the initial two pill dose. So it's it's very important that our patients stick to this regimen to prevent any types of seroconversions or anything like that. So there's it's detailed out in these guidelines on page fifty-five and fifty-six, but. Um, for our patients who are having frequent, frequent sexual encounters, they don't know when they're going to be, they're doing hookups on grinder and things like that, I would recommend the daily dosing prep or as soon as the aptitude is available, is getting the um, injection every two months. So if sex occurs on consecutive days after completing the 211 doses, take one pill per day until 48 hours after the last sexual event. So we know adherence is always a challenge. So navigating these pills and getting the timing and the dosing exactly correct could be quite a problem if somebody doesn't do it exactly right. So unless someone has sexual encounters infrequently, I would recommend um, not doing the on-demand, the 2-1-1 dosing, but do the daily prep or, you know, getting the, the injection. Um, some other... Things that were good in the guidelines um, was, you know, also talking about people with documented HIV infection and um, cabotegravir in injections. And this is on page 60 and how, how you navigate the injections if someone seroconverts and what to do with that. Um, the other important thing in these guidelines are primary care considerations and, and other primary care issues such as, you know, vaccines. What vaccines has the patient had? When had they had it, vaccines such as HEPA, HEPB, HPV, meningitis, and influenza? Um, one of the things I would add also is, you know, the COVID vaccination. And then um, general health screenings for hepatitis B, hepatitis C, depression screening, smoking, alcohol use, um, domestic violence. Um, for women's health, you want to do um, mammography and cervical uh, cancer screenings and then screen men for prostate cancer. So very important to do the primary care. So these, these new guidelines that, that were issued are very comprehensive and have really 
brought up to date the prep care that's been provided in a lot of clinics for the last couple of years and has really made those 2017 prep guidelines much more um, outdated. So that is our summary of the prep, the new prep guidelines. Um, also attached to the show notes and in the resources is a link to the new HIV um, strategy, which is also very interesting and incorporates a lot of you know, what we just talked about on this podcast today. So if you're a pharmacist and your state allows you to provide PrEP, I urge you to get trained and educated so that you can provide PrEP in, in your communities. The more outreach we have and the more patients we can get to want to take PrEP, the better off we, we will be to getting to that 2030 goal of, you know, 3,000 HIV infections a year instead of the 34,000 that we currently have. So thank you for listening. Um, I'm excited to start season two of the Conscious Pharmacist podcast. I'm so proud to be part of the extraordinary team and the extraordinary co-hosts on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And until next time, be the change. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Pharmacist podcast. We hope you subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. If you miss something, you can listen again or just read the transcript of the show on our website at mishrxconsulting.com forward slash podcasts. If you have a spare minute, don't forget to give us a review or rating on iTunes. Remember to practice on purpose. You're a rock star pharmacist and healthcare provider. And in the words of Mahatma Gandhi, be the change you wish to see in the world. The Conscious Pharmacist podcast is a production of MishRx Pharmacist Consulting Services, your HIV pharmacist and pharmacy experts.